Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking a whole lot of football with you on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Promised you yesterday we get to a couple of our NFL voices because, well, tomorrow it won't uh, with uh, Cyhawk in our final show prior to that. Uh, but coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we will speak with Nick Athen. Uh, Nick Athen has covered the Chiefs, right? About the Chiefs. In fact, he's got a new destination. Well, let me get this right so we can uh, get our friend... Uh, Nick, uh, Nick Athen, the uh, credit, uh, chiefsfocus.com. All right. Chiefsfocus.com is where you can read Nick. And I read his season preview here. Uh, well, started last night, finished this morning. But Nick Athen will kick things off. Dave Sinekin, we know we can find him uh, at KFAN in the Twin Cities, where he does a Saturday show. He also does Packer Preview, year 27 for that. And you can read him at theheadcheese.com. That's his Green Bay Packer blog. Lazard, pretty doubtful. The floor kind of... Uh, Keeping under wraps. I thought the NFL was more transparency. Uh, apparently, it's a, an ankle or a foot, and he was stepped on in practice. Is kind of the word mm. that most of the beat writers that cover the organization uh, seem to believe it is. But there's uh, certainly uh, some questions whether he will play when they take on the Vikings to kick off their respective seasons. Uh, so those will be the two NFL voices. Lee Sterling at 10.50 joins us every Thursday from Paramount Sports. Uh, we will get to the college game with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We'll do that at 11.05. About 11.15, Trent and I will go on record with our picks to win each division and who will win the Super Bowl. That's always Fun to look back, or better put, embarrassing to look back at some point. Usually, yeah. In January. Every once in a while we get a few we right. We do. We get the, blind, the old blind squirrel theory, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so we'll do that at 11.15. And then David Kaplan, if you're a fan of Cappy, uh, Cappy no longer with us on Wednesdays, at least through the football season, as Mitch Holtis needs that time slot. So Cappy has agreed uh, to move to Thursday, and he will be with us today and going forward throughout the season at uh, 11.30 and, oh, by the way, uh, we will do our Claxons giveaway today because Friday's so swamped at about 11.50. If you uh, join us on Friday to try and participate in the Claxons giveaway, we'll do it today at 11.50, and it is all Cyhawk. You, uh, I look back at our NFL predictions, not too bad last year, actually. Is that right? Yeah, you had Buffalo over Green Bay. That easily could have happened. Uh, I b- believe Buffalo should have been. Well, Cincinnati. Yeah. And then, then look at the Mahomes. Does Cincinnati beat Buffalo and Buffalo, though, in that championship? I don't think they they do do either. I don't think they do. In fact, if you replay that Kansas City game, I don't think they win 9 out of 10 of them. Probably not. Patrick Mahomes stunk in the second half. And the the late play at the end of the first half. Precisely. Something was off. Uh huh. I wonder if when we get his memoirs, was he concussed? I don't know. He, He was just. So different. He was. It was his worst game we've seen him play yeah. in a long time. And at the worst time. I had Kansas City over the Rams. If Kansas City would have held that off, I would have been a real good So shape. that was your Super Bowl last yeah. year. Had the Rams in there. You know, I had some tickets. Mm-hmm. I paid for a lot of my losses last football season. Indeed. Though, uh, pretty good. Not a good start, though, last week, was it? No. Uh, well, Limping out of the game. But we're back to our, our standard... 
two college, two, two pros, pro, and then one bet. bet. Best bet, indeed. We'll get that this week. So I think I was one, three, and one. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, typical. Picked up right where I left off last yeah, year. Yeah. Anyways, we'll do those tomorrow. But Claxon's today about 11.50. So a couple of places to start. I'm glad you brought up Tiafo, the tennis player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, I, I asked Ken before we went on the air, did you at least get to the tennis? <laughs> It's just, it's one of the more baffling things to me, as much as you just like competition. I do. How t- tennis is something that it's doesn't get you. It's kind of boring to watch, though. You I, think so? I See, think it is. I was watching last night. I, it was high, I didn't know, really, either of the guys, but it was just you high level. You watch the Twins last night? I get why you didn't. No. It's New York. And this was, no, this was well after it was Oh, was it? Two. Okay. Yeah, this was in the... Well, there was a game, a game, a match that ended at 10 minutes to 3, yeah, East Coast time? Yeah, I was watching it in like the 11 o'clock hour, probably something like that, late 10 o'clock, early 11 o'clock hour, and it was just, it was high level tennis. And Van really Pelt good. apparently stayed and did sports, and he got on the air at 3 a.m. Eastern. He really did. He Appar- stayed apparently there. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> I think he was That's grumbling. A trooper. Oh, absolutely. I think he was grumbling. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't, I don't know him. I know that you and I would be grumbling. <laughs> I think most anybody would be grumbling. Most anybody. Spot. But Indeed. his paycheck's a little different. Yeah, too. that's true. Uh, anyways, but uh, do you know this kid's story, Tiafo's story? It's remarkable. Now, and really. I read it. I had to be reminded this was him. I'm not going <laughs> to say that I knew it was reminded. Right. So he, his family comes from a a um, country in Africa that was. Civil War. Mm-hmm. And they escaped. And they got to Baltimore, where his dad took a job as a groundskeeper at a youth, an, a, a, a youth tennis center mm-hmm. in its infancy. Oh, okay. And he's making 20 grand a year. And, and, and uh, Tiafo's got a twin brother. They're five years old at the time when they get here. You know where they lived? Mm-hmm. They lived in a either a dressing room or an office at that tennis wow. center where their dad's making twenty grand as a groundskeeper. Gets better. Well, there's another layer to the story. I'm not sure if living eleven years in that room right. makes it better or not. They they lived there for eleven years. Eleven. This is where he learned how to play the game. Incredible. It's an amazing story when you think about it. You know, you think about tennis, or maybe, maybe I do. Maybe it's completely... Uh, I think most people that play tennis vacation in the Hamptons. Sure, absolutely. Right? Yes. It, it, it just that. seems like yes. that to me. And that, that's, that's... The Jennifer just, Capriati. Yeah, yes. stereotype for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's certainly not a one-size-fits-all. I don't think the Williams sisters grew up with that well, side of the tracks. I mean, people think the same thing with golf. Right, it's not exactly. It's, it's very it's similar. Caddyshack. Yes, right. The, the country Caddy, club. The sports. country club. Yes, exactly. Um, but when you come across a story like this, and then you see the success that he's having, and the fact that he hasn't forgotten one bit of where he came from, yeah. and goes back and helps these kids, and apparently not only helps them, knows them all by name. Knows them all by their first name. That's great. It's incredible. How can you not root for this story, right? And we finally have an American that actually can get to a you, semifinal. You do. You do. Um, it's been a long time. It, it is. Isn't it? What is it? 76? Is that the 76 majors in a row without an is American men's semifinalist? Well, how many U.S. Opens? I saw that stat. I don't remember. you got to go back. Maybe the early 2000s. Yeah. It's like 16, 16 18 years, years. Something like that. Since, uh, an American since Roddick, had, right? Since, uh, probably so. Yeah, probably so. Roddick's been retired for a decade. For a long time. <laughs> been away from And he wasn't game. that good for at least the hype around him. He wasn't as good as I think. I'll take your word for it. By then, I he was probably a disappointment in his career. Was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For what people thought he was going to be, but it's been that long. Yeah, crazy. And here we are, and 
now you're getting a little U.S. Open juice. Well, we talked about Serena last week. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't we, right? Okay. I mean, a massive story like that. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw this kid, kid today, uh, yesterday, rather, and I um, reacquainted myself with the story, it's just mm-hmm. remarkable. Just remarkable. And the fact that the best part, he never, it doesn't forget where he came from and how he got to this point, how grateful that he is. Anyways, uh, so football tonight. Can't wait for that. We yes. will make our picks at some point. How about Brett Yormark, the uh, the commissioner of the Big 12? Man, this guy's uh, he's swinging a pair. <laughs> and I appreciate that about about him when when he was just asked he just answered the question sure he answered it truthfully about um you know about expansion and where they want to go and dot 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 and it sure sounds like they're headed west and he didn't pull any punches because they want that they want that pacific time zone so you've heard my theory as well another way to combat the pac-12 and whatever remains they're going to be aggressive the four corner schools why not be aggressive with the work in washington ultimately are they going to be there who knows but in the interim isn't that going to help your TV contract to get those two brands? Yeah, don't, to join? don't sign them up for ten years. Right, you give them a get. A, a you get them out. A, right. There's going to be a penalty, financial penalty. They'll be able to pay it. Uh, give us a year. That's all we ask. Give us a year, and the buyout is not the grant of rights that goes forever, and it's hundreds of millions right. of dollars. It's twenty million dollars. I, I mean, chump change mm-hmm. in college if you, athletics. If, if you're going to the Big Ten, right? Yeah. But it is, and they would obviously easily pay that. So mm-hmm. you got yourself a little parachute here. You bring it out. But my theory also. About the pact, especially the central ones, the the original Big Eight members, saying to Iowa State, "Hey, every couple of years we need you to play a nine thirty kickoff. It's not going to be a yearly thing." Mm-hmm. Jamie Pollard's not going to say no to that if he, if he can show the financial. The dynamic has changed. The yes. dynamic has changed. You, you might have to play on a Thursday. You might have to play on a Friday. Yes, uh, the, it, it might not be the the plum time slots for not just Iowa State, but for mm-hmm. all of them in the conference. But you're going to have to do this. And but you're going to get for us to compensate. Keep us. Yes, this is going to help mm-hmm. us make our TV package as financial viable as it can be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can say no you, to that. You can't. I, I just don't think you can, Trent, yeah. because we here's the bottom. It's an arms race, mm-hmm. and you have to keep up with the two heavy heads at the top, or you're not going to. You have to stay as close to the two sure. heavy heads at the top, the SEC uh, and the Big Ten. Baseball from yesterday, uh, to no surprise to you or <laughs> no. Dave Sproul or all the Twins fans in the listening audience, <laughs> I watched so much of that doubleheader yesterday, Trent, and I kind of felt for the Twins fans going through this because – you just kind of had the feeling. You know how it's going to end. Yeah. I mean, you get the extra innings. They had a guy thrown out. Um, I don't want to rehash it. Just, 50 just, feet? At least, right? <laughs> they sent him from second in the 10th. There was nobody out. You stop him at third mm-hmm. for crying out loud. Uh, uh, they sent so him. So many ways to score. They hit it to the right side. Sacrifice fly. He's right. at third. Now send him. Yep, Tommy Watkins. I mean, that's that guy should she's not uh, be... be now, you can't get rid of him at this point. But. You can't. Well, and here's the other part. That's not as – you're not hired just to be a third base coach. These guys have other things, and he is a mm-hmm. really good hitting coach. He's a really good instructor. He's just a terrible third base coach. So, <laughs> Well, there's that. Keep him on the bench. Yeah. Stop trotting about there at third base. But that's another thing I always love. Oh, I just fire the third base coach. That's not their right. full – they don't work for three hours a day yeah. only as the third base coach. Right. They have other responsibilities. Show up just before first pitch, right. get their uniform on, yep. stretch a couple of times, put their helmet on, and go stand on third base. There's a little bit more to the job yeah. than just those three hours a day during the game. But, boy, he was bad at what he yes, did. He That's it. Oh, my God. That it, was it, it just felt inevitable. You're right. Good start. Mm-hmm. Had the young kid out there. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. I got some numbers for you. I don't know if you saw these last night, but uh, from Aaron Gleeman of The Athletic. The Twins, since 2002, we're talking two decades now, Yeah, pretty big sample size. They are 
39 and 116 over the last 20 years against the Yankees. That's amazing. Because there's been some good Minnesota Twins teams here. Well, how about this number? The Twins during this 20 years against everybody else yeah. is a 513 win percentage team. That's over 500, incredible. over a 20 year period. Everybody so, accepts. So that's the good the teams Yankees. and the bad years. Yep, absolutely. And All they're still over years. 500. Over 500, everybody except. That's when, that's averaging 80, what, probably 83, 83, 83 and a half, yeah. four games. Not bad for a mid market team. No. And yet it's, it's abysmal. The Twins' three managers during that time. Ron Gardenhire. Who they just recognized. Did they, they not did, they retire yeah. his number? What did they do? Uh, there was some reckoning. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it was. But yeah, they, they uh, had him. He was the best of the three managers. He won 26.9% of the time against the Yankees. That Paul Mulder, right behind him at 25.9%. And he bring in Rocco, yeah. who is now winning 18% of his games against the Yankees. This is a good team. This is a good organization mm-hmm. over the last 20 years. And there's just something about the Yankees it's that the they cannot figure it out. I don't know what it is. The 18 straight playoff losses, many of them have come at the hands of the Yankees. It's unexplainable. It really is. There, mm-hmm. there is nothing in sport like this. Yes, going back, Iowa State didn't beat Oklahoma for decades and decades, right? Nebraska dominated Oklahoma State they when they were once a year. Right. One game a year, right. Absolutely. We know those kind of numbers. Vanderbilt and Alabama, that series history is not looking real good. <laughs> Probably not if you're a Vanderbilt fan. Right? For the Commodore fans. This is professional sports. Right. This is playing a team three, six, nine times a year, and the ineptitude that they have <laughs> and the different ways that they lose these games, and it just it hangs over the organization every single time. Mm. I don't think there's anything like in sport. No. Now, Joe, what would Joe Madden do? Joe Madden would bring in some voodoo or something. He'd try everything, right? Right, uh, right. A witch doctor, just do anything. And Garden Hire tried some of those did things. He? I remember before a playoff series, they, they had did some, I, I think they maybe dressed up goofy, and the, the Madden playbook doing that. They've tried things. The Okay, they had the initial run and the, all the struggles against the Yankees. Kind of the next group, they had their next run three, four years later. Oh, all these young guys, they don't care about the history. And what they do, they get swept. It just... <laughs> I don't know what can be done. I don't either. It's 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 comical it in is. some ways. I mean, you have to laugh, right? If you're a Twins fan, don't you? At this point, the uh, was it the one game playoff they had a couple years back? I think that's what it was. I think it was. Yeah, it was the one game to get in the playoffs. I went to Yankee Stadium. I was calling volleyball that night for MediaCom, and so I DVR'd it. Got home. The Twins got out to an early lead, but even then, had my phone completely shut off, and I just what you, you, you knew, you just knew, right. A, it already happened, yeah. but I didn't know anything. But even but after in the, the back stuff, of your mind, you knew. I knew how this story uh-huh. was going to play out. I think Irvin Santana maybe started that game, if I remember correctly. But regardless, there's been a lot of those. They also had guys like Brian Dunsing start against the Yankees in the playoffs. That hasn't gone very well either. Yeah, I, 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 no, bad. <laughs> All right, we are a day closer to Cyhawk. Did it feel like yesterday was kind of quiet? Now, Brian Farron spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside he took the that, blame. That was the story. I think that was. I mean, it kind of felt like a quiet day. Um, I didn't see. I think. I think Haycock and Manning both spoke uh, to the media yesterday, and I have. I didn't catch up on that. If they did, we'll do that today. Uh, but it just seemed like, you know, kind of the calm before the storm. And speaking of storm, at least, and I haven't looked at Iowa City's forecast. I mean, mm-hmm. I was not that big of a state. Um, Decent size. Yeah, true. But we're and talking about what? 90 miles over 90 there? 90 miles. Yeah. And it sounds like, um, well, I just have Ankeny on my phone. Okay. Well, I'm downtown Des Moines. So let me look where I am right now. Uh, Saturday's not going to be good. 
70% chance of rain. Now 80% chance of rain. Oof. High of 70. Uh, that's in Des Moines. So I'm sure Iowa City's probably similar. 16% chance of rain in Iowa City. 81 degrees, sunshine and clouds mixed. A slight chance of a shower. 81, wind at 10 to 15 miles an hour. Well, how about Ed that? Wilson, showers uh, later in the evening. Well, fingers crossed they get the game in. Yes. So good. Maybe the system's going to linger over Iowa, central Iowa for a while before it goes It'll shoot a little further north or a little bit further south and, and miss Iowa. Yeah, because you know what? I mean, the the, uh, the Brodell game, we talked about yeah. it yesterday. That, that, was a, that was a quagmire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want the conditions to be pristine as they get back. It's, no excuses. No excuses. It's been a long time since that game's been played there, hasn't it? It has. It really has. It was uh, the second start of the second year starting for Nate Stanley. Mm. Uh, Brock Purdy hadn't taken a snap at that point. Mm. <laughs> wow. Just a completely different world. Yeah, it is a completely different world. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see if it's going to be a completely different outcome. Trent, I don't know who's going to win the game. I don't have a strong opinion who's going to win the game. I know if I was betting, I would bet Iowa. You would? I just think, I mean, until Iowa State wins... And do I think they can win? Absolutely. Would I bet them? No way. After what you saw. But Trent, I've seen that before. In years before. No, nothing on, like no, not this. this bad. Nothing not like 1.1 this. quarterback rating. Right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 160 yards, six yards of total offense right. against an FCS team. But this, it seems like um, Iowa finds ways to win it, or Iowa State finds ways to lose it, as we've seen. It just seems to me like until Campbell checks that box... I think he can this year. Yes. I don't think he will. You don't. I just, I, just, I, I think that's not only... my pick in the game. I'm not picking the game. But I, for that reason, I just couldn't. If you had to make confidence. a bet, you'd be laying it with Iowa. And see, I'm the complete opposite. I, I think this is not just Iowa State, but I think this is Iowa State in a route. You really do. I, I think this thing is going to feel over that defense. Much like 1998. I don't think they're going to put 35 on the board or anything that like bit, that. That was a big year, Trent. That, that changed the rivalry. Everything. It did. It changed everything. It years. changed. Dan McCarney changed everything about this rivalry. Yes, he did. He did, without a doubt. There is not. Do a... you remember him sweating through his khakis? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, that picture just coaching is you know what off. It changed everything. And McCarney at that point, what, the Wyoming game where oh, they. The, the, the overtime? They the, took the, the ball? Buckle? Yes. It, we weren't sure. And that. Just changed the narrative mm-hmm. of the series, everything of this rivalry. Uh-huh. Honestly, I think it helped build this radio format. Oh, I, absolutely, it right. did. Yes, because I can remember uh, back in those days. Yeah, it kind of wasn't okay. We knew what's going to happen. This is going to be awful. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State fans didn't get pumped about this game. They knew it was fifteen coming. years of getting your teeth kicked in. Yeah, they knew what's it was that going to do. Right? And Iowa fans, they're, they're kind of bored with it. I'm not saying this to be arrogant Hawkeye fan. This is not true. They won't hear what you just said, so go ahead and say it. But growing up, again, I'm a little kid, but because of the way that Iowa was and the way that Iowa was covered, even where I was, in North Iowa, closer to Ames and Iowa City, I looked at Iowa State, and most people there, I think, did as well, more similar to you and I and Drake than on the Sports-wise. Sports-wise as Iowa. That's what... Iowa athletics was a completely different animal. And Iowa State basketball was good during that time. Mm-hmm. But it was it was so different. And the football was the biggest well, part football of football news in every needle. Right. Right. And when Jim Kreiner and Jim Walden, those are the teams that I remember growing up, are awful year after year after year. At least the psyche of a youngster, that's what it's going to be. 
and the people of my era, the people you know in their late 30s, early 40s, I didn't see or at least have the memory of an Iowa State win in this series until my freshman year of college. Huh. I was sitting at Kennick in the student section and what the hell is going on here? Right. This We've team, never seen this before. It was three the first time it had happened. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going through at that time. And that, I think, paints this narrative of what it is. And you're right. That win in 98. Oh, massive. Because I can imagine your conversations. Iowa State, yeah, they're the nice team up mm-hmm. the road. but they're Never on TV. <laughs> a huge part, right? It's a huge part. Yeah. WHO Radio, how important mm-hmm. that was for the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeye Basketball Network that we've talked about in the past. And now yep. that formed my relationship, not just with the Hawkeyes, but in sports in general. It did. I'm with Thursday you. nights is the only time I could watch sports during the week. Yep. I was watching the Hawkeyes mm-hmm. play basketball. That's what it was, and that's how different it is. And maybe for younger people that are listening, maybe they don't understand kind of that part of the narrative of just how different it used to be. Dan McCarty deserves a lot of credit. Without a doubt, and we've got to get to break, but, but I remember thinking prior to that game, it's just going to be more of the same. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they wonder what they were favored that day. Do you have any idea? I want to say Iowa was favored by like three touchdowns. It was a huge number. And then what? Twenty seven nine was that the final? I think I think yeah. you're. I think I think Iowa scored nine, and, mm-hmm. and Iowa State was in the twenties. And McCarney's khakis were soaked. I will get that when we come back. All right, and we'll do so when we come back. We're going to talk some uh, NFL. Uh, I mean it. He changed. He may have. Uh, sports talk was we were in year two or three, mm-hmm. but it was kind of maybe, I don't know, say spinning it at will, but this just took it to a new level, this rivalry. All of a sudden it was a rivalry, and we've got one. It's in our backyard, and everybody wants to talk about it, and we were grateful for that. And we'll come back, and we'll talk Chiefs, and we'll talk Packers. Lee Sterling is here in our number one. is Des Moines Sports Station, 106. 106- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.3 KXNO. Stakes in Altoona. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, coming up on 10.30, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Dave Syndicate on the Packers. Coming up in six or seven minutes, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Before we uh, come to the end of our number one, right now, Nick Athen, primetime sports talk, but now Chiefs Focus, where he's become a partner in a new endeavor, ChiefsFocus.com. I'm on the website right now. Looks uh, good, easy to navigate around. I read your piece, Nick Athen, on the season. Uh, good to speak with you, as always. Before we get into you know the uh, the, uh, the, the season, etc., I know you were very close to Len Dawson. In fact, you will be attending his funeral uh, next uh, next week, uh, prior to the home opener, which you'll be at as well. Uh, just your thoughts on uh, on the uh, passing of your friend um you know lenny was my idol he was my hero he was uh you know he was just a great human being um i first met him when i was five i remember high-fiving him on my dad's shoulders coming into municipal airport after they won super bowl four um you know spent time with his family at his house and obviously throughout the decades we went into business together on a sports venture and then we uh obviously when i covered the chiefs i saw him every week and you know, just the salt of the earth. Always shook my hand. Always asked about the family. Um, you know, was just one of, one great human being. And I, I think his his place in the AFL is is understated. You know, I, I think uh, 
uh, what he did for this organization. I mean, he's on, you know, he's he, he's a Hall of Famer in every category. He's on my Mount Rushmore of Chiefs players. Um, I think he's as influential on the franchise as Lamar Hunt was, and I think they're close one too. Um, he's going to be missed. I know his health is bad the last few years, but uh, he lived an extraordinary life, and uh, his work in TV and HBO and the Chiefs broadcast and just things in the community a lot of people don't know about. He just he was the best of the very best. I will I will never know anybody as good as he was. Yeah, he was a great one, no doubt. And uh, a lot of people <laughs> certainly hoping for a big season now out of Kansas City this year uh, because of that. And a lot of people, including in that radio booth, as we talk uh, weekly with Mitch Holtis, certainly uh, going to have that in the back of their mind. Well, let's get into it, Nick. And this season, a big one in front of them. After the disappointment of the AFC Championship game a year ago, yep. what happened to Patrick Mahomes in that one? I said earlier, they play that game 10 times. I think Kansas City wins nine of them, but it's only that one. Yeah. And Cincinnati went on to the Super Bowl. The sting of that, the offseason of Tyreek moving on, mm-hmm. where is this organization? In the here and now, not big picture, small picture, sure. 2020, 2022 only, where do you see this Chiefs team? I think this is the most rounded, even from offense, special teams, and defense, I think I've seen under Andy Reid. Um, and I'll tell you why. I, they, they parlayed the uh, Tyree Kill pick, um, you know, and what they had 11, 10 draft picks and nine of them made the roster, you know, all but two of them made it last year. And those guys are on the practice squad. And I, I think what's important is to look at this team faced the situation where they knew they had to change. They got rid of two chips in Matthew and uh, probably from some more of the off the field stuff than anything else. And with Hill, and they just kind of reshaped their football team. And they said, we got to get younger, faster. We need more draft picks. You know, we need different kind of free agents in here. And, you know, I, I think this che- this team turned a corner back in March when Patrick Mahomes invited all the receivers and the running backs down. And they started working out together, especially after the free agent guys. And after the draft, they did the same thing. And I think that told me that this is going to be more of a, a Tom Brady kind of team um, where you're going to be good at all phases. And we're going to play a little bit different style. So to answer your question in a roundabout way, I think this team is kind of finally in a place to where we can sit here and say, this team is in a position to become a dynasty again. They've gotten off the flashy stuff. They're just going to play good, solid football. And they're going to use their 53-man uh, roster and, uh, and use us to the best of their abilities. I think they're a more complete team, Nick, and I agree with your statement. I'm not sure they'll become a dynasty fan. Well, I'm hoping they don't as a Broncos fan, as you know. Uh, but but what, yeah. what I'm excited to see, uh, if I would be a Chiefs fan, is the commitment to defense. And I think it's going to look, Patrick Mahomes are always going to be seen as an offensive team, right, as long as he plays. But I think their calling card and the reason for their success, because I believe the offense is a given, will be how far this defense can take them. And I like what they've done. Right. And as a fan of another team in the the AFC West, uh, that concerns me a little bit because I think they've got a defense. Yeah, they do. I think they, you know, they're, they're listen, they're, they're young and raw. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. You know, Karloftis is, is a young up and coming kid, but he's never played in, you know, a real NFL game. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what you've got in him. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've got Trent McDuffie and they've got Brian Cook and, and uh, you know, they got Legereus Sneed. And, 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 you know, I think Frank Clark has motivated him. He's what, 240. You know, he's going to just try to be that, you know, under-the-shoulder speed guy. Um, Chris Jones is still Chris Jones. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Leo Chanel. I mean, you've got, you've got a solid group of, of young, stable, 
um, defensive players that they have a different attitude. They have a different mindset. They're being coached differently. Um, you know, the Chiefs brought in uh, the defensive line coach from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and he's made a huge impact on this defense in just a short time he's been here. So I think <clears throat> they're not going to be top 10. But if they're 12 to 14 uh, and they give up 20, 22 points a game, 25 points a game even, the Chiefs are going to win the majority of those football games with this offense. So they're going to be better. Are they going to be elite? No. Are they going to be like Denver? No. But they're going to be good enough, and they're going to have a lot more speed and be fast. You know, and I, I think that's what, that's what I'm most excited to see is just the speed. And you saw it in the preseason. I mean, the starting defense didn't give up a touchdown. They didn't even give up many first downs. So that's, that tells me that they're, they're on the right foot, but they've still got a long way to go. They've got a lot, improved a lot of doubters. But they're not the best defense in the division, but they're not the worst. So uh, kind of a fantasy-type football question here, maybe because I had Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year and he was a huge disappointment <laughs> in two of my leagues last year. What about him yeah. in the backup spot at running back? And then that group of new wide receivers from Juju, Valdez-Scantling, Hardman staking around. you got the youngster in Sky Moore. Who do you anticipate is going to be the leading wide receiver, and how does the running back situation shake out this year? Well, I think Juju is going to be – obviously he's going to be the clear number one. If he can stay healthy, he had some issues with the knee a couple of times, you know, in camp, and then the early part of camp he looked absolutely great. Um, he just looked like the old – you know, he looked, he looked like the old guy, you know, when Roethlisberger had an arm. Um, and he's going to be key. Sky Moore, uh, I mean, listen, I, I think I mentioned to you, you know, when – um, they drafted him before the draft. I wasn't real high on him, and I started looking at the film, and I loved his route running. He catches the ball with his hands. And Tyreek Hill was a body catcher. Sky Moore can catch the ball with his hands. You know, Hardman looks to be a little bit more motivated. Um, us, Justin Watson's probably going to end up being the surprise out of all these guys. I don't know why Tampa Bay let him go, but I'm glad they did. Um, and then you've got uh, Valdez-Scantling. And you can look at these guys as a whole. You know, Juju's probably this, has the most potential to be a superstar. But everybody's going to have their role. And then, of course, you still have Travis Kelsey. The running back situation, you know, it, it's kind of weird. I mean, they've got four guys, and, you know, uh, Edwards Hilaire, McKinnon, Pacheco, Jones, that all have kind of different running styles, you know. And so the Chiefs can run. If they're in a game where they want to play smash off football, well, they've got Jones to do that. If they need a good third down back, they've got McKinnon. If they want to run between the tackles, they've got Pacheco. And then you've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire who, you know, can kind of do all those things. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be a clear number one. I think it's going to be the hot hand, but they got four guys. I think only three will be activated each week. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, they use it. And, you know, Matt Nagy coming in, you know, is huge for this offense too because he wants the Chiefs to run more and he wants them to run a little bit more um, so they can offset some of the, the passing situations they found themselves in or maybe they can be more aggressive with a run. So the running backs are going to be utilized. Again, there's no superstar there, but you've got you've got four components, three components that are going to combine to get do the job that the Chiefs need. Uh, Nick, we've got uh, five seconds. Uh, five <coughs> seconds left. What's their record? Do they win the AFC West, and what will their record be? AFC West. Uh, I've got them at fourteen and three. Fourteen and three, and they win the AFC West. Good stuff, Nick Athen. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Nick. Chiefsfocus.com is the new site right. for Nick. Appreciate Thanks, it, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Uh, from uh, the Chiefs to the Packers, thirteen wins in their future again. We shall see, Dave Sinekin. You can hear him on KFAN. You're twenty-seven, Dave Sinekin of Packer Preview. 
correct? That is correct. Beginning on Sunday morning. You are correct. Unbelievable. Um, and that, and of course, you can read them at theheadcheese.com. All right, so it's Vikings and Packers. I love the way the season starts for those two regional teams for us, but certainly uh, very popular where you sit, uh, that game. Let's start by our localizer to begin with. Alan Lazard, apparently he got stepped on is what I read. Lafleur's kind of being, uh, keeping his cards, uh, cards close to his vest until I guess he has to put out the injury report. But uh, foot or ankle, apparently he was stepped on in practice. What can you tell us about Lazard, Dave? Yeah, that's concerning for sure. Uh, they're calling it an ankle. And, and as you said, LaFleur said he got uh, stepped on last week. And um, they'll practice here at about uh, 12 or so, 12 or 12.30. And we'll see if he comes out and there's any change. He was the only member of the team that did that practice uh, yesterday. So we'll see as the week goes on. But we know that Green Bay is going through a bit of a change in the passing attack. And and if Lazard's unable to go and they're not clear whether Tunyon's ready, uh, the options are dwindling for the Packers passing a game this weekend. Yeah, it uh, gets scary in a hurry there. And with that, we anticipated more reliance on the running game here. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, going to see a whole lot of both of those guys this year. I want to go to the Hawkeye question, though. Tyler Goodson, it was a surprise. He was cut, of course, re-signed to the practice squad. Is Goodson, injuries aside, has he got a shot to get back on the active roster at some point this year? Well, I think he uh, either he or Patrick Taylor will be elevated each Sunday, at least for the first four weeks of the season. They only carried Jones and Dillon on the active 53. Uh, they did keep Goodson along with Patrick Taylor, the former Memphis player, on the practice squad. And I think either of those guys will sort of alternate, is my guess, these first four weeks, and maybe longer. They, they really like the upside of Kylan Hill, who really flashed last year before getting his knee blown up on a kickoff return. I think that was in Arizona. So when, if and when Kylan Hill comes back, he probably has the leg up on the RB3 job. But if Goodson gets an opportunity here in these first four to six games, if, if Jones or Dillon gets nicked up and they need another guy to step up, he may just get an opportunity, but he may have to do it rather quickly. Mm. Dave, uh, in one of our conversations uh, weeks back, months back, when we were leading up to this point, you mentioned that uh, you, you thought that this was probably going to be it for Aaron Rodgers. He's talking, he's saying Super Bowl, and um, you know that it's not Super Bowl or bust, but he kind of inferred that, and that was kind of uh, different as the way, seemingly, that he's handled those questions in the past. After going through the month of August and the preseason and listening to the quarterback, do you still stand that uh, that you believe this is it for Aaron Rodgers? I'm still going that way. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm softening my stance a little just because he's speaking so uh, philosophically about how much he just loves doing what he's doing right now. And, you know, if these two rookie receivers, as the season goes on, if they flash star power and he senses that in year two that, that those guys might be ready to break out, maybe he gets coaxed back. But, you know, I still think that, that this is it likely for for rogers i obviously hope i'm wrong i want to run this thing as long as i can and Mm -hmm. want to make a tough decision on jordan love if rogers comes back next season but i just feel like especially if if green bay gets to where they want to go and i do think they have a really good chance led by really the defense this year if things fall into place he gets that second ring i think it's a slam dunk that he steps away but yeah i'm still leaning in that direction that defense has a chance to be elite i mean can it be in the conversation this year best defense in the league well, if it stays healthy, I, you know, everybody says that. I think 1-11, to 11, they can really match mm-hmm. up with just about yeah. any defense out there. And I, I think this weekend's so interesting because, you know, it's a new system. It's a new ball game for the Vikings. They hadn't had their starters out there at all in preseason. So they're taking the field in a new system. And they're 
they're facing a defense that's ready for them. I really think Green Bay's defense is going to open up a lot of eyes this weekend, in part because I think the Vikings are going to need a couple of weeks to get some of the, the kinks out and the new play caller and head coach and just everything's so different. Yeah, I think you know you got seven number one picks on this defense, one to 11. The guys that aren't number one picks are guys like uh, Rasul Douglas and, and Adrian Amos and Preston Smith. I mean, those are their non-number one picks. You add Quay Walker to the metal at defense. You add Jaron Reed mm-hmm. as a free agent next to Kenny Clark. You get Jair Alexander back to give you the, maybe the best trio of corners in football. Uh, and you've got the, Sean Gary and a setting star and pass rusher. Man, 1-11, to 11, this defense is mm-hmm. legit. Now, as I said, depth, especially in the back seven, is a bit of a concern. It's young. It's untested. But if they can avoid the injury bug, I think this team's defense is the best certainly they've had since 2010 and maybe deeper back than that. Mason Crosby's been doing this for a long time. He'll get another opportunity to do it again as he what approaches his – is he 40? No, he's not quite 40, I don't think. Is he, Dave? I don't think he's 40 yet, but he's yeah, definite. He is. Uh, so what have you seen from him? Is the, is the leg strength still there? I mean, kicking at Lambeau Field and – uh, November, December, January, it's it's entirely different than most stadiums. Um, is there a concern about Mason Crosby? You know, that, that not that he's washed up, but he's not the kicker that he once was. Well, we haven't seen him at all. He hasn't been in training uh-huh. camp at all. He just got activated. I think the, the big concern last year was the whole operation was, was, was lousy. And so they have a new long snapper in Jack Coco. They have a new puncher, the longtime Bears puncher, Pat O'Donnell, who supposedly is really known for being a terrific holder. So... They had issues with the holder last year, with the snapper, uh, with protection. And uh, my biggest concern, or at least question mark for this team, revolves around the whole special teams unit. It was a disaster all season. It cost them in the playoffs. And now with Rich Bisaccia brought in as the highest-paid special teams coach, the vow to, to use more starters on special teams, uh, all that wrapped around, uh, certainly headlined by Mason Crosby. We hope that uh, at least they rise from disaster to competence because I actually think that might win them a game or two they lost last year. And they lost four of them last year, Dave, but they won 13 of them again. Uh, what, um, what, if you've gone on record as to what you think the season outlook will be? Yeah, I mean, it feels like a 12 to 13 win. I, I think I went 12 and 5. Um, you know, they could start out 1 and 2, and people might panic because they got to go to Minnesota and Tampa early. But uh, the schedule certainly turns in their favor as the season goes on. I do think they get a win this weekend because of the newness in Minnesota and and the fact that Rodgers wants to prove a point and that defense does too. But, yeah, it feels like a 12-13 to win operation, and and obviously the hope is that uh, those tackles are playing football because if Bakhtiari and Jenkins are not available this season, then I'll drop those win totals down just a bit. Hmm. Well, if you see PA tomorrow, it's your Friday border battle that you guys have had up there. Tell him hi for us, and uh, we will darken his uh, his text messages here in the in the coming weeks. So, Dave Sinekin, glad you're back with us. Congratulations on your 27 of Packer Preview Sunday mornings on the Vikings flagship. <laughs> it always cracks me up. KFAN. Good stuff, Dave Sinekin. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Talk to you next week. Indeed you will. Dave Sinekin. Uh, TheHeadCheese.com is where you can read his blog. You can hear Liz Sterling from Paramount Sports coming up next. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106.4 details. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to Lee Sterling. 
Paramount Sports. We've got a handful of games to opine about. Then we'll get his game of the week and where you can get some information on that. Lee Sterling, slow start for you, but for everybody as we kind of dipped our toe into college football. But NFL is upon us. It starts off tonight. How are you, Lee Sterling? I'm great. Yeah, just lost some close games. So a lot of games like that that Utah game. They're playing Florida. Florida State LSU came down to one play. I was on the wrong side. Let's see if uh, we can clear it up this week. We got five games for you, Lee yeah. Sterling. Let's get into them and let's kick things off. In the future, might be a Big 12 matchup. Oklahoma State, Arizona State. The Cowboys favored by 11 in the hook. Uh, Spencer Sanders looked great last week versus mm-hmm. Central Michigan. He put up 58 points, and it could have been 70 or 80. Uh, also think that, you know, you look at this Arizona State team, and Emory Jones from Florida He's erratic, and they have two new coordinators. Both were added because of the NCAA investigations, and both coordinators were forced to step down. Seventeen players transferred out, and uh, just thought that Oklahoma State, uh, they took the foot off the gas last week. They won't this week, and how good are they at home? 25-13 and 13 mm-hmm. against the spread the last 38 games in Stillwater. Give me some Oklahoma State Cowboy action here. 45-24. Well, K-State and Mizzou are going to get together this week. Uh, K-State's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. A lot of folks trendy pick to win the Big 12. Not sure if that'll happen, but K-State is a favorite over Mizzou. Well, their passing game is never going to be great. I mean, it wasn't anything special last year with Adrian Martinez uh, as he comes over from Nebraska. All of a sudden, it's not going to pick up that much, but I don't think it's going to matter here. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball early and often. Missouri last year, their defensive front gave up 5.3 yards per carry. Tennessee, which is not a runner, they ran for over 400 yards in that game last year. I think Missouri is going to be one of those teams that beats the bad teams and just can't play with the top teams here. So felt that Kansas State didn't show up much, show much last week. And, and also Mizzou, not much of a traveler, 2-4 and four against the spread as a road dog the last two years. I think Kansas State doubles up Mizzou, 35-17. Big for the Wildcats. The big one here in our state is, of course, Cyhawk. Iowa-Iowa State back in Kinnick for the first time since 2018. Hawkeyes favored by three and a half. What do you see in Lee? So Iowa has won six straight, um, and they've actually covered five of those six. Loved the T-shirt uh, when they showed the game last yeah, the punter, week. Yeah. Hawkeye fan was wearing, I cheer for the punter. I uh-huh. mean, uh, that was too, that was so spot on. Now, the wide receiver is, is severely depleted. I mean, injuries, um, transfers, that's where Iowa State has an advantage. But other than that, I don't see many advantages. And when you get a close game, a lot of times it comes down to special teams. Iowa, number seven in the country last year. The Hawkeyes, just number 85 here. And even though Iowa State put up 42 points last week on Southeast Missouri State, the Red Hawks were 4-7 and seven last year and gave up 53 points per game in non-conference action. I think it's time for maybe uh, for the Hawkeyes to dial up a trick play. That could be the difference or a special teams blunder or a big play there. And a barn burner. The Hawkeyes 20-10. to 10. Over Iowa State. <laughs> All right, let's get to the pros. Kansas City, those Chiefs will be without Tyreek Hill. Well, now forever. Uh, as, uh, yep. But they head on the road to take on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Uh, Kansas City, about a four-point favorite, Lee. Yeah, and, and people aren't talking about it enough here. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, when he doesn't play, right. he's out. 
you know, he's suspended for the first six games. Arizona's offense was, was just stuck in, stuck in quicksand here. So I like the fact, fact that Patrick Mahomes played a lot during preseason, uh, more than most starting quarterbacks or offensive line, one of the best pass-blocking offensive lines. I think Juju Smith-Schuster will step up. Even Sky Moore, uh, the rookie, could come on board and play a big uh, big part of this game. And the Cardinals, I just think, are weak in the secondary. And if it comes down to coaching, game, set, match here for Andy Reid. I like the Chiefs by double digits, 34-24. Well, good one there. Kansas yeah. City rolling on the road. We wrap things up with a big one in Ken's household and certainly <laughs> Monday Night Football big everywhere. As Russell Wilson, game one's got to go back to Seattle. The Seahawks getting six. Yeah, there was something wrong. Russell Wilson just looked disinterested last year. Um, he misread a bunch of defenses, which he doesn't do in the past. I think he just realized that team was going nowhere, but now all of a sudden he realizes with a team that can do it. Uh, I've got a running back in Javante Williams who wasn't unleashed fully until the last four games last year, and he was almost unstoppable, uh, stable of wide receivers, including Jerry Judy, that very underrated, and we always know they have a stout defense. I think the Seattle team is playing for the first pick, and, and they want that quarterback in the draft next year. And, and now they're going to start two rookie offensive tackles. I think you'll be seeing uh, the announcers mention many, many times, look out, uh, Geno Smith. Uh, they're coming after you here. Give me Denver here. Big 31-13. All right, Lee, your game of the week is also an NFL affair with a couple of regional teams. It's the Packers. They head north, uh, from us anyways, to take on the Vikings. Uh, Green Bay is a slight favorite, point, point and a half. If the, yeah. uh, if the audience wants more information on this game, Lee, where can they find it? How do they reach you? Just go to the website, ParamountSports.com. Uh, got a bunch of free pick videos. You know, there's so many big games going on this week. You know, not just the games we covered, Texas and Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Pitt, Tennessee, and BYU, Baylor. All those videos are up and available. Check those out. And if you want to come on board, we have our first 40 to 50 unit play of the year. We have maybe one a month on average on plays this big. Three weeks of action. Just $297, including this rare 40 to 50 unit selection of football. Just go to ParamountSports.com. Good stuff, Lee Sterling. We'll talk to you in a week. Thank you. Have a good weekend. That's good. Take care. Yep. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Hawks by 10. 20 to 10. Eh. How many points did the defense score? Uh, 14. <laughs> Two pick sixes. Scooping a score. Scooping a score. Yeah, 14. and Harlan Bruce punt return. Maybe 23 safeties. Three safeties? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be 20 to 10. I think it's a close game. 10, not that so could much. Be tw- that could be close, though. Late one puts it away. That's true. Hour 2 coming up next. Miller and Connor, 106.9.